0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever felt like God gave you a promise, but after you thought about it, it seemed impossible? Perhaps on paper it is, but you probably didn't count on God's providence. That is, you may have forgotten that God can miraculously order events in your life to make His promises come true. It is these things, sometimes little, sometimes big, that will give you the confidence that God is at work fulfilling His promises to you. In Genesis chapter 24, we see this in a big way, and it may help you realize, when you're in the midst of God's work, here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, Promises and Providence. Do
1: you see the possibilities of God using your life as insignificant as you might feel in his great plans? You know, this past week or the week before, a protege of Billy Graham, often called the Spanish Billy Graham, Luis Palau, went home to be with the Lord. You know, I often say regarding our children's ministry that the next Billy Graham, the next Luis Palau might be in our children's ministry. And you might be his teacher. And you might be able to say, oh, I, I remember when. You, you thought you meant no difference in that kid's life. In fact, you couldn't stand the kid. He was always running around, full of energy, talking, talking, talking. You're like, uh, I don't know There's something about that kid. I don't know whether it's good or it's bad. Sometimes it's a fine line with God's people. <laughs> So, God uses minor characters to play major roles. Loved ones, don't forget the Lord delights in using the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. So, everybody would look around and go, That has to be the Lord. That has to be. It couldn't be anything else. God does not need the best and the brightest, He's looking for the available who are willing to let God use their life in whatever capacity he puts them in. We can gloss over this, but what is the servant looking for? The man who is this incredible servant is looking for a woman who is a servant. He said, Lord, this is how I know that it's the right girl because I'm gonna ask her for a drink. I'm gonna ask her just for a drink for me, my guys, and she's gonna say, Not only will I get you a drink, but I will get drink for all of your camels as well. Now, scholars tell us that camels can drink up to about 25 gallons. And he has 10 camels. That's 250 gallons. Now, those jugs usually held about three gallons, So let's figure about 25 pounds. How how, how do you know that, Pastor Jim? I spent uh, about 15 years throwing five-gallon cans of oil and automatic transmission fluid in my business. That's why my shoulders are shot. I thought it was from pitching in high school until my uh, left arm went out too, and then I realized that's what it was from. And so that's a lot, okay? So that's over 80 trips so over 80 jugs of water, not including what she would get for the other guys. It could be as many as a hundred. So basically he's looking for wonder woman. <laughs> but see, God uses people who are generous. God uses people who are hospitable. God uses people who are not all about themselves. God uses people who have character. God uses people who are not allergic to hard work. God uses people who are willing to go the extra mile. Verse 15, now it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to, some people say pronounce his name Bethul, some Bethuel, I'll probably announce it different ways each time. Son of Milca, the son of Nahor, Abraham's brother. Oh, wow. One of Abraham's families coming that way. That's what he's supposed to be looking for. Came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin, no man had known her. Now let's just stop right there for a second. You know, when we come across these passages, I know that's, a very, that's something that very few people can say today. Especially those of you who have maybe had a time in your life when you fell away from the Lord or you, you came to the Lord later in life. But understand this, from you, God is looking for a commitment to a future of purity. Can't change the past, but we can make um, great, meaningful decisions in in our future. And there's great beauty in that. There truly is. And that's certainly how God sees it. When God sees you to commit your body to him, It's beautiful to him. It's masculine to him. It's feminine to him. It's beauty to him. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came to him. Verse 17, and the servant ran to meet her and said, well, here we go. You ready? You ready? You don't look ready. Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. Now you're like, what is this with this Lord stuff here? That's just being respectful. She's just being respectful. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. You gotta, he's kind of sitting there like going, oh, ma, oh, 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 this might be the one. Then she but remember, he doesn't know what her family is yet. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw the water and drew for his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent. Why, is he, why does he remain silent? This is why. So as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. That is the question. Not prosperous in terms of money, prosperous in terms of the Lord's will. Now, Rebecca's servant heart is admirable. Now, most people, at least Americans, I think, would avoid such service. Like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll give you water and then that'll give you refreshment so you can feed, you can get water, help yourself to feed your camels. Or a lot of people, what happens when it gets to be, well, this is more, it's not what I expected. What do we do? We quit. Sorry, got to go. Quit in time. Oh, sorry, just got a couple texts. You know, you tell your friends, text me at five o'clock. You know, it's like it's what people do when they go on a bad date. You know, text me to, to, to make sure if I got to get out of this thing or, or I'm tired. Well, what does she do? She hurries to help and to serve. Now, it's quite possible she's a teenager in her 20s, culturally acceptable for a man in her, who's 40 to marry someone that young. And in a lot of cultures across the world, that is culturally acceptable. Um, but what I want us to notice about her is her work ethic. And parents, build that into your kids. It will be a huge battle. You're not going your kids aren't going to be like, you're going to be, like, hey, bring the garbage can in. Oh, praise the Lord, dad. Thanks for reminding me. It's not going to go down like that. It is going to be a battle. Now, their spouse will call you blessed, that I can tell you. Their boss will call you blessed. But it's very, very important. Build a work ethic into your kids. It takes longer to do that than to do it yourself. So allocate extra time. And don't find, you'll, you'll hear yourself going, I could have done this faster myself. Don't say that. You are a man or a woman on a mission. You are building future workers of America. Like I told the story to you before, my kids used to say to me all the time, Everybody else in our neighborhood has landscapers. Why don't we? I'd say, we do. (laughs) We have RJT Landscapers, LLC. (laughs) Ryan, Jessica, Tim. And then it went to Jessica and Tim Landscapers. And then it went to Tim Landscapers. And then Tim went to college. And I hired another guy to be my landscaper. (laughs) Because I thought I I did not all through high school I cut all the limbs in my neighborhood I was done. Verse twenty two. So it was when the when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel. Now, some of you kids are going to go home and go, oh, mom, I can get a nose ring. It's in the Bible. Well, fight that battle yourself, parents. Uh, And two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold. Now, verse 47 will tell us that at some point he gave them to her and put them on her and said, whose daughter are you? Here's the big question. You must be like, oh, gosh, please, Lord. Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel. That's Abraham's nephew. Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. So she's from Abraham's family. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, and now he's talking to God. Blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy, his, some of your verses say steadfast love, his said, and his truth toward my master, As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the servant is overwhelmed by the goodness of God and by the providence of God. Now, it's an interesting thing. The providence of God, what does it do to the natural man? Puffs them up. Oh yeah, I got this thing, I got that. I got this, I did this, I did that. But the man of God or the woman of God is humbled by the providence of God. Absolutely humbled. God had me in the right place at the right time. You know, some of you know this, some of you don't. I get to experience a reminder of that every single day of my life. Pam and I um, started dating 32 years ago on a young adult's retreat. We went to church in New York City, and we came out to what we thought was the sticks. We came out over an hour away from New York City to a retreat center, and we started dating at that retreat center. And as God would have it, last August, we moved And that retreat center is now our next door neighbor. (laughs) So every time I pull into my driveway, I am reminded of God's wonderful, gracious providence in my life. And Pam is reminded that God punishes the evil people. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but I am reminded of God's goodness when I see that place. But her family still has to approve of her marrying this stranger. Verse 28, so the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now, she didn't take any, every, the whole, everybody with him. She went by herself. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. How I many of you know who Laban is? Right now, you're going, Ugh. All right, well, don't let what we know about Laban spoil the story. And Laban ran out uh, to the man by the well, So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he had heard the words of his sister Rebecca, saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. Now, (laughs) we know Labram is a greedy scoundrel. He smells the money. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. You might want to leave a few with me. No, it doesn't say that, but that's what he's thinking. Then the man came to the house and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat. But he said, this is the servant speaking, I will not eat until I have told about my errand. I love his sense of urgency about the Lord's mission. And he said, Laban said, speak on, man. You don't want to eat yet? Fine. Tell us. Verse 34 through 49, in his excitement, and in order to convince the family of the Lord's work, he recaps the story with a few strategic changes and what might be seen as a strategic omission. Verse 34, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly and he has become great and he has given him flocks and herds silver and gold male and female servants camels and donkeys and sarah my master's wife bore a son to my master when she was old and to him he has given all that he has so in other words uh, the guy that she could possibly marry he's rich that means mr laban that you will get a handsome bride price or what we know as a dowry Verse 37, now my master made me swear saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell. Perhaps he knows about the Canaanites, perhaps he doesn't, probably does. But you shall go to my father's house. Now that's added in. He just said my family's house, but my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. Now notice he uses wisdom. He doesn't say, he doesn't, doesn't introduce, oh, by the way, he's not allowed to leave the promised land. But he said to me, verse 40, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you. Abraham said to, to the servant, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son, from my, from my family and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family, for if they do not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. So what is he saying? Hey, listen, that's the deal. We are men, Abraham, my master, and our people. We are people who trust the plans and the providence of God. And if it doesn't work for you with Rebecca, it's okay. I'll keep moving. Continues, verse 42. And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water and it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water and I say to her, please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down to the well and drew water, and I said to her, Please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And then we see verse 48, he describes his awe. And I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Verse 49. Now, if you will deal kindly, has said, and truly with my master, tell me. If not, tell me that I may turn to the right or to the left. Hey, if you're not going to go with this, don't, don't, don't play around with me. I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. You see, he is willing, he's not willing to do something that a lot of us do. A lot of us waste our time with the wrong people. We waste a lot of time with the wrong people. He says, nope, I got to go. Fi-. If you're not the right people, I got to go find the right people. Verse 50, then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, the thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either good, bad, or good. He's like, we know this is of the Lord. Here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be your master's son's wife as the Lord has spoken. Now remember, they're not really believers, but they're just sort of blown away by this whole thing. And it came to pass when Abraham's servant heard their words that he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Once again, he's overwhelmed by God's providence. Then the servant brought out jewelry of, of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. He's generous, just like Abraham, just like the Lord. I love this guy, man. I love what he does. He is not pushy. He is when he says to, hey, listen, I, I got to know what your you're thinking is. He's, he, that, nothing wrong with asking people what they're thinking, but, he, but he's not pushy. He just tells the story of the providential work of God. And then he looks at them and goes, so what do you think? You know, it's that simple, friend. You get the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. We have those cards. You can just ask us for some. We'll leave some for you at the, at the uh, connection table. We normally make them available. The Gospel in 60 Seconds, you can just memorize that or just take it out of your wallet and read it and give it to the person to keep it or something like that and, and just ask them, and just say, well, what do you think? What do you think? What's he doing? He is trusting that as he just tells the story that the Lord will work out his purposes in the hearts of people. So what's he doing? He's being faithful and he's leaving the results up to God. Sometimes we try and force people, force people. It's becoming less and less common. Those of us who've been Christians a long time, remember just like, pray the stupid prayer, would you? you know? <laughs> and people would be like, let's pray. And they're bow- all bowed down. And the person who's praying the prayer is just like, help, 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 looking at you, please rescue me. Another important point here, I think is, for those of you that are considering marriage, it's important what others around you who love you think. It's very, very important. It's important what your close friends and family think. It's important to let your godly following Jesus friends get to know that person so they can really kindly and lovingly just you got to tell them you got to give the permission you got to say I really want to know what you think don't don't hedge it don't hold back because people like he's nice (laughs) right that's not what we're looking for that's not what we're looking for if you have spiritual mentors and it's a good idea to have them it's a good idea to ask them tell me what you think let them meet that person and you know what I think it's best to do it all before you're engaged. Because a lot of people, once they're engaged, are too afraid to back out. I remember when I finally brought Pam home to meet my mom and my dad. Now my dad pulls me aside and goes, She's a looker. <laughs> but my dad loved you, didn't he, baby? And he really loved you. He used to always put his arm around me and he used to say, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I know not many of you have had a dad like that. That's why I'm so daring and so not afraid to fail. I'm afraid not to try. then he would say, God gave you a beautiful wife and a beautiful family. I'd say, thanks, daddy. He'd say, don't screw it up, son. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom, and I'm gonna say this, I don't talk about this kind of stuff much. I dated some very, very nice young women. really. Really, who, A lot of the girls that I dated, their husbands got real gems to, to marry them. And I'm, I'm being totally serious. But my mom, the first time she met Pam, she said, that's the girl for you. And I'm like, how do you know? And she said, you can just tell. She said, I just love her. And she said, and when you and she enters the room, you just are a different person. And you need to be a different person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important what others think. She would say, you light up when that girl walks in the room. Verse 54, and he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. So they're celebrating the work of the Lord. That's what we do when we sing at church. That's what we do when we partake of the Lord's Supper. That's what we do when we go out into the hallway or soon it's going to be warm. We'll go out into the parking lot and it's maybe even that warm today, right? And we, and we love on one another. We pray for one another. We do that when we gather together just as a, as a church family, right? We celebrate. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning and said, send me away. And he said, send me away to my master. He's like, we're ready to go. One night. 400 trip, 400 miles there, you'd think they would be like, man, some R&R, baby. No way. No way, we're ready to go home. But her brother and mother said, let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least 10, after she may go. This reminds us of the Gospels, all the people with all the excuses of why they can't follow Jesus today. Remember this, loved ones. The kingdom of God is going to move forward without you. The kingdom of God is going to move forward without me. The apostles are gone. The thing is on a roll. Dare I say, I've said it before, even Jesus is gone. The word of God and the Holy Spirit are going to keep Christianity steamrolling. Whether we're part of it or not, whether the United States wants to be part of it or not, it's going to keep happening. So watch the excuses, really. And just oh, this way, you got to say to God, God, would you please bring to my heart whenever I'm making excuses? Oh, very faithful in that one. And he said to them, Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. In other words, the Lord has made it successful. Send me away that I may go to my master. So they said, Will you call the young woman and ask her personally? Then they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go just like Abraham when he was called to the promised land.
0: Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.